you know, if you're cycling up a steep hill, yep, your legs are going to hurt, but you can do it that time and then you'll do it again. And maybe it doesn't feel quite so hard. And it's nice to do it with friends. You can chat as you go. So it actually doesn't really feel like training. It feels like a social outing. Urban Jungle brings stories from people around the globe that design and build a better world. I am Magda Flores and this is Urban Jungle. Welcome. Did you know that where we live and how we interact affects our well-being? Yet, when we talk about well-being, we tend to talk about me. Well-being is about we, the community and the environment we live in. It is time to shift the paradigm from me to we. Check out the Urban Wellbeing Training courses developed in partnership with the UK's Chartered Institute of Water and Environmental Management at www.siwem.org. This is an interview with Catherine Matthews. Catherine is a triathlete representing Great Britain in the 55 category. Catherine has a degree in chemistry. When not training or competing, works as head of rewards at a private equity firm in London. Today, our topic is about decide what you want and just do it. Hello, Catherine. Hi, Magda. Uh, to break the ice so that people know where you are, would you please share a place that you'd like to visit near where you live? Of course. Um, so I'm very lucky. We live in the Surrey Hills in a little village called Newdigate. And part of being a triathlete is I spend quite a lot of time on my bike and running and Going around the Surrey Hills from here is absolutely beautiful. It's quite challenging on a bike. It's a lovely place to walk the dog. And uh, it's always quiet and peaceful, apart from possibly the very large cows that you find wandering across the, the hillside sometimes. Beautiful. So your background is in chemistry. Please tell me a little bit about your career because it is really fascinating. Yeah. Uh, so I, yes, I graduated in chemistry. and. At the time that I graduated, if I'd wanted to stay in chemistry, I would have had to stay on do a master's, a PhD, and then some postdoc research before actually I got sort of an interesting job in chemistry. I hope it's changed now. And I wasn't really quite prepared to spend that long in academia. So I did what um, was the kind of trendy thing to do at the time. And I went into management consultancy. Um, and I joined a management consultant firm that trained you as a chartered accountant as part of the consultancy training, um, which I thought was probably a good idea to get a qualification under my belt. But once I was a chartered accountant, I went into management consultancy, had some very interesting projects um, in various countries. Uh, I actually took a secondment over to Kenya for a couple of years at one point and uh, met my husband over there, which was uh, an added bonus. And while I was in Kenya, I came across a private equity firm called CDC, which was investing in emerging markets and was trying to demonstrate that companies could make commercial returns in emerging markets. And I thought that sounded interesting. And When I got home, they were advertising a post and I applied and I joined them, spent a long time with them and then 
So that got me into private equity. Uh, and then just recently, in the last three years, I've changed to a, a different private equity firm, um, but in a similar role as head of reward. So you're not heading back to Kenya? Yeah? Not yet. <laughs> uh, I'd love to. Uh, we took the children to Kenya about five years ago to see where mum and dad met and had a fantastic visit over there. But uh, I think we've probably settled in Surrey for now. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. So how did it happen? How did you realise you wanted to become a triathlete? <laughs> well, I mean, a triathlon is just three sports. And I've always swum. So I swam as a child. It was kind of the only sport I was really any good at as a child. Um, and I kept up swimming a little bit, but I think it's a bit like riding a bike. Once you know how to swim, you basically keep the technique. Um, I the, the running bit, actually, when, when I moved to Kenya, I hadn't really run at all. But someone told me that the way to meet friends and, and to, to sort of see this up country was to join a running club, which is called the Hash House Harriers. Um, and we would meet every week and run around various different parts of Nairobi. So actually, I started running in Kenya and it was through the hash that I met my husband as well. So, wow. so that running had quite a key part there. And it was quite interesting. Having never run before, we would just go further and further. And um, it's amazing how your fitness builds. And I mean, at one point we were doing a relay race up Mount Kenya. I mean, we were doing some really quite crazy runs at that time, but it was fantastic fun. Um, and then living in the Surrey Hills, everybody cycles. So uh, to be honest, I didn't do any sport for about 10 years from when our first child was born, which was in 2000, to when the youngest was about 10. So I had a big gap of not really doing any exercise. And then I sort of thought, well, I'll get back into it. So I started a bit of swimming, did a bit of running. And then because everybody in the Surrey Hills cycles, I don't know if you see at the weekend, the roads and the mountains are full of cyclists. I first of all got a mountain bike, must have been a good 10 years ago or so, because my husband's a keen mountain biker. He carried on the mountain biking path I uh, I sort of moved into road cycling and then I woke up one morning and thought, hang on a minute, I swim, I run, I cycle. Why don't I try putting them together? And, I, you know, I started with fairly short distances and fairly local races and I might have left it there. But a colleague of mine at work was a very strong triathlete. And she raced for the GB age group team. And it made me curious. So I looked up and sort of to find out how you get into the age group team and um, discovered that I could qualify. So I did. <laughs> One thing is to obviously go for a little run because it's sunny and it just everybody's out there or go for a cycle or a swim in between taking one kid here and one kid there and your work, of course. At what age did you start doing these triathlons? Because it is really cool. <laughs> Well, I, I suppose I was probably in my late 40s when I started doing my first triathlon. And then I just sort of got into it a bit more and started doing longer and longer distances. So I actually did a full Ironman in 2018, 
which is um I haven't rushed to do another one. They're quite hard work, but it was, I really enjoyed it. I loved doing that. But that takes a lot of training and um, it's not that easy to fit that amount of training into a working week. Fair enough. So tell me a little bit about your last event or any event, any event that you have just absolutely enjoyed and or not either way. <laughs> well, my last event was... Um, a half iron man at Hever Castle in Kent, which uh, has the uh, advantage of being only about an hour's drive from home. So it's a bit easier that I didn't have to kind of travel and stay in a hotel and that sort of thing. Has the disadvantage of being incredibly hilly. Oh. So I didn't realise, to be honest, I didn't check it out that carefully. And then at the beginning of every race, you always have a briefing and the race manager sort of stands and tells you a bit about each of the swim, the bike and, and the run course. And he proudly stood up and said, this is one of the 10 hardest Ironman courses in the world. Or half Ironman courses in the world. <laughs> we looked at each other and thought, really? <laughs> and it's, um, I mean, basically only the swim is flat. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the bike is incredibly hilly. Um, and then you get off the bike and the run, unusually for a half Ironman distance, is actually a trail run rather than a road run. And you're going up and down sort of hilly paths through the woods and across fields. So by the end of that, I was absolutely shattered. But I was quite pleased. I won the over 50 category and I actually beat all of the over 40s as well. So <laughs> there weren't that many women there. <laughs> Many, many, many congratulations. You are actually winning in the other category of much younger people. And sometimes when we reach a certain age, whichever, whatever our mental age in our head is, we just think, ah, oh, no, I can't do that. <laughs> oh, I'm always willing to have a go. So that's an absolutely fantastic attitude. What does your training look like? Because I can imagine you are out. I mean, how do you manage to fit in uh, a family, uh, work? And on top of that, do all this training and attend the races. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it's it takes a certain amount of planning. Um, I'm lucky I only work four days a week. So at least I have three days that I can fit the training in. And I will always try and do a long bike ride on one of the days. Um, I cycle with Red Hill Cycling Club, which is a, a thriving cycling club near us. And we typically will do, I don't know, 100 kilometres plus on one of those weekend rides. And it's nice to do it with friends. You can chat as you go. So it actually doesn't really feel like training. It feels like a social outing. And um, it's always focused around where we're going to have coffee and cake or coffee and bacon sandwiches. Unfortunately, you don't get coffee and bacon sandwiches halfway around a race. So it's not the, the best training. But for me, I would rather enjoy it then go out on my own and not enjoy it so much because actually it it encourages me to actually keep going um I'll also do a long run at the weekend if I'm training for a longer race um in fact I've got London Marathon coming up in about four or five weeks so after this call I've got a 30 kilometer run on my schedule so I'll be putting my laces on and uh, pounding the streets around Newdigate um, then during the week, 
I always try and fit in a swim. I've got a a really good group um, that I swim with at Dorking Pool on a on a Wednesday evening, and we have a coach, and she works us really hard. And again, it's probably not ideal triathlon training because we're swimming, you know, butterfly, backstroke, breaststroke, as well as crawl. But I always think that it's probably um, again better to go and enjoy it and have fun than necessarily do the spot on. Uh, perfect training for triathlon because then I enjoy it so I'm going to go back and I'm going to keep going Uh, and then I tend to try and run at lunchtime so I will stick an hour in my diary at lunchtime put my trainers on and it's amazing how hard you can work in an hour if uh, if you really want to. At the moment I've got a, a running coach working up towards the London Marathon and he puts training sessions into my schedule that look quite innocuous and then you come back and think oh, I am shattered <laughs> <laughs> well how do you manage that I mean if one is you know nice and cozy or doing some work how do you manage to stop that last email and say okay I now have to go out I'm not going to stay in the warm the alternative would be oh I could have a hot chocolate or a hot coffee <laughs> so what do you tell yourself to get yourself out there doing stuff Oh, I definitely think that it's slightly addictive. I think that the endorphins or whatever it is you get from running um, are real. You know, I feel good when I've been out for a run. To be honest, it's been easier training for London Marathon in October this year than it normally is for an April marathon. Because an April marathon, you're training, you know, from December through to the end of March. And the weather, you just have to go out whatever the weather throws at you. Over the last few months, we've had some really, really hot weather. But I think that's better than ice and snow and rain and wind, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Yeah, but also I find, particularly I found from working at home during the pandemic, if I sit down at my desk at nine and don't get up again until six, I get really itchy. I can't sit still. If I've been out for a lunchtime run, I actually focus a lot better in the afternoon. And I think I probably, across the whole day, do more work if I've taken the time to go out and do some exercise at lunchtime. Fantastic. So all these is um, physical uh, training. Would you tell me a little bit about how do you train yourself mentally or emotionally? Yeah, I don't know. I I think at some points during a race when it's really hard and you, you know, it's, it's starting to hurt. You're not at the end yet. You have to have something to help you going and I mean, it it can be just something that you go around in your head. You know, people talk about having a mantra. I don't know, you just, you've trained for this. You've got this. You can do it. It, Sometimes it does help. On a big event or something like the London Marathon, particularly if you've got your name on your T-shirt, the crowd are brilliant. And I remember one year, nobody was calling my name. And I was thinking, oh, hang on a minute. And until I started to flag... And I probably looked less strong and more in need of support. And at that point, people in the crowd started saying, come on, Catherine, you've got this. You can do it. And 
it really helps. You know, it really does help. You look into the crowd and you see a smiling face and somebody encouraging you. And actually, that's a real boost. That's really nice. I've done some very, very little events and it's been absolutely fantastic. There was this person actually had a hose pipe and, you know, she got everybody wet. I got wet. Or this little boy that uh, was handing uh, jelly babies. Of course, my race was very slow, so there was enough time to actually grab hold of a, of a jelly baby. But it was amazing. The atmosphere was amazing. And I think something that you are talking about is feeling as part of a group. And actually, if you have people that are talking to you, works very, very well. And would you like to share three things that you have learned? Ooh, um, well, one of the things I've learned, I think it can be quite daunting. You know, you say I race or I, you know, I race for GP everybody's just normal people putting it into their day. You know, they're not special. They're not superhuman. I mean, I, I, yes, I'm in the GB team. I don't expect to win. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud to have actually just made it through to the team. And there are some people who are incredibly fast and incredibly dedicated. But most of us are just people who enjoy the sport. And, um, you know, so it's, first of all, yeah, sports people are just normal people. Um uh, I've learned that actually I can push myself probably harder than I might have thought I could. So the Ironman race is, I don't know if you've known the distances, so you swim for 3.8 kilometres, you cycle for 180 kilometres, which is 112 miles, and then you run a marathon. Wow, and a marathon, please tell us what is a marathon? Uh, 42 kilometers or 26 miles Wow! and you know the top people in the world will do this you know the top men's time is around eight hours which is absolutely crazy um but I got round it you know it was hard and at some points I remember starting the run and looking at my watch and thinking oh I didn't know I could run that slowly <laughs> <laughs> but actually the buzz at the end of it and the feeling of achievement was fantastic so yeah you know you you can you can probably do more than you think I sometimes wonder if uh, when one is cycling for example when particularly when I'm going up a very steep hill if uh, I have these um, two little people talking in my head and one says oh you could just stop you know you could just get off and the other one saying don't be silly it, you know <laughs> you can keep going this is not a problem you can see the top of it and then you'll go downhill obviously when you go to the top you go you go down maybe we pamper ourselves a little too much yeah I mean yes it hurts of course it hurts sometimes <laughs> but particularly if you're with a group or if you're in a race so there are other people you can see other people are hurting as well. It's normal to hurt sometimes. Um, you know, if, you, if you're cycling up a steep hill, yep, your legs are going to hurt. But you can do it that time and then you'll do it again. And maybe it doesn't feel quite so hard. And you think, actually, I'm making progress. I'm en enjoying it and I'm moving ahead. So, yeah, you can push yourself hard. Uh, and a third thing is, oh, um, I think time management is absolutely critical. <laughs> so as you know, one of our daughters is a very keen sports person and she manages to fit in a huge amount of training with a, you know, an intensive medical degree and, you know, it's, it's staggering the amount of training she fits in. I'm not on that scale, but I do have to plan what I'm going to do, when I'm going to do it and try and protect that time so that it doesn't get eaten up with other things. 
And, you know, things like running. Yes, so if I'm going to run at lunchtime, then I can't eat anything for two hours before lunchtime. So at coffee, I might need to have something to eat at 10 o'clock so that I'm ready to run at 12 kind of thing. Um, and you can have all the basic plans and then the phone rings and you end up on the phone for half an hour and it's all gone wrong. But, you know, you can all you can do is plan and hope that it will work out. So planning, planning is quite high up there to be able to achieve what one wants to achieve, isn't it? And not, uh, not, I don't want to talk about self-sabotage, but certainly not to create excuses because that is quite easy. Yeah, yes. I mean, and actually, yeah, planning is important because the lead times on some of these races are huge. So you have to commit now to something that's going to happen next year. And then once you've committed, I mean, they're not cheap, these races as well. So once you've committed and paid your money, then you have plenty of time to, to build your plan and then, yeah, stick to it. Oh, that's absolutely fantastic. Is there anything you would like to suggest to people? Yeah. Um, with all of the sports that I've done, the way I've got into it is with a group. So I swim and, and still now I swim with a group. I cycle with a group and I run with a group as well. I run with a running club quite often. And I think that really helps. I'm quite a sociable person. And if I can combine the training with actually, you know, turning it into a social event, and that doesn't include, you know, beer and nice meals, it actually means being in a swimming pool and chatting at the end of the lengths or being out running and chatting when you get to a gate or a style and you have to stop to go through that kind of thing. For me, that's really important. And I think that probably is what keeps me going. It doesn't have to be a solitary thing. To be honest, if I was more serious, it probably would have to be a solitary thing. But, you know, at my level, I can I can build um, a training program around a fairly nice social program, too. And that works for me at the moment. Oh, how very nice. What's next for Catherine Matthews? <laughs> September is a little bit mad. Um, so next weekend, um, the there's a, a vineyard in, in Dorking called Denby's, and they run an event called the Bacchus um, Half Marathon. And there's a group from my church, St Paul's in Dorking, that are volunteering to, to help at the the uh, food stations and the registration and that sort of thing but the thing about Bacchus is that this is unusual is because it's in a vineyard at every um, water station they also offer you wine <laughs> awesome <laughs> I, I, but I assume many people just cannot cope with both the wine and the running uh, yeah I think I might keep my wine drinking to the end of the half marathon <laughs> So that's um, next weekend. The weekend after that, um, there is a private equity industry triathlon event over at Eton Dorney. And um, it, it's a relay triathlon. So I think I'll have my wetsuit on and I'm doing the swim leg uh, of, a, of a team in that triathlon. The following weekend, I'm flying to Bilbao. I'm flying to Bilbao for the um, European Middle Distance Championships. Uh, so that's a half Ironman distance for the GB age group team, which should be great fun. There haven't been any GB events 
much over the last couple of years. So this is my this is the first time I've been in my GB kit for a while. Um, and those events are always great because, you know, everybody's flying over and it, there's um, a, a really nice atmosphere. Yes, it's competitive. And no, I won't be winning my age group in the European Championships, but I'll be there and I'll have fun. Uh, and then the following weekend is the London Marathon. Oh, dear. <laughs> so most people <laughs> for a marathon would have a two or three week taper with very little exercise. And I've haven't got that this year so I'm not expecting to you know smash the London Marathon but um I shall go out and have fun well loads of fun many many congratulations we'll uh, cheer from wherever we are <laughs> thank you very much Catherine it's been a pleasure having you thank you and a pleasure to talk to you Magda as always this is Urban Jungle with your host Magda Flores Thanks for joining, and if there is a topic or people you would like to hear from, all you have to do is drop me a line. My email address is urbanwsolutions at gmail.com. Urban environments need your help. Be part of the solution. Check out our training courses on urban well-being. Developed in partnership with SIWEN, the UK's Chartered Institute of Water and Environmental Management, at siwem.org.